Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 154 and session number 43 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions that you submit via voicemail, and I do my best to answer them. And like I've said before, and I'm going to say it again, this is one of the highlights of my week because I get to answer your questions. It's the closest that we get to actually get in a room together or in the car together or in the plane together. And uh, we're sitting alongside each other, having that cup of coffee or tea, whatever you drink. And uh, yeah, we get to just talk about this stuff. And I really, really love doing this. Okay. So if you have a question that you want answered, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And you can do that there. You can just leave your first name and then just leave a uh, question that you have that you want me to answer. And I'll do my best to air it on the show and do that. Now, that also leads me into this other little update, this little announcement that I want to make here, which you may or may not have already heard, but I am going to be doing something like this, but yet in person. I'm going to be doing a live event, and it's official now that we're going to be doing it May 1st. 2016 in Denver, Colorado, and I'm going to be speaking at an event that's happening there that weekend, so Friday and Saturday, I'll be at this other event, but then I'm doing my own event in the same hotel, just, it's going to be small, very intimate, with just uh, 25, maybe 30, depending, we got to see what we can accommodate, but I want to keep it really, really small, and it's where we're going to do a full day, I mean, I'm starting talking at like 9 o'clock in the morning, and we'll probably go to 4 or 5 o'clock, and then we'll do dinner and networking and all that stuff, but we're going to do hot seat sessions throughout the day, we're going to not just allow me to uh, chime in and talk about some of these uh, stumbling blocks or struggles or things that you want to break through in your business, uh, but we're also going to have the attendees chime in, okay, and be able to give their suggestions, so it's really going to be like mastermind in a sense, okay, so that's hot seat sessions, we're also going to do a strategy discussion where we'll talk about some new things that we want to discuss and maybe other people want to discuss, so we're going to bring that to light, and then the other thing is we're going to do some good old-fashioned live Q&A just like this here, breakout sessions, all of that fun stuff. So we're going to be able to network and just really have a great time. And I'm really, really excited about that. And I would love for you to join me. Now, I know that there's thousands that listen to this podcast. And I know that there's only going to be 25 or 30 spots available. But, you know, if you don't get in on this one, you can probably get in on another one because we will be probably doing this again um, as we uh, kind of get through this first one and and get all the kinks worked out. But, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. But, again, it is limited to only 25 or 30 people depending on what we decide to do there. So if you are interested and if there is still spots available, if you're listening to this before May, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. That is the link right now to go there and get more information about this. All right. But, uh, yeah, if you want to sit in, uh, in a room together for a day and, uh, and just really talk about this business and really strategize and listen to other people's businesses and some of their struggles and how we can kind of help each other and get through these and break through these, um, this will definitely be something for you. All right. So definitely check that out again. That's the amazing forward slash live. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in here. I'm excited. I want to go ahead and listen to this first question and uh, give you my answer. So what do you say we do that? Let's go ahead and listen, and I'll give you my answer. Scott, hey, it's Mark Nelson in Spokane, Washington. Hey, thanks for taking my comment a few weeks ago about the UPC codes. I have another question that I need help with, and this one is a big one. 
Hey, my wife and I, uh, we just got started on a first product about a month ago and sales have been much better than we had expected. Uh, actually, we're only selling about three units a day, but we only have two product reviews so far because we've been focusing on seller reviews. So our sales are much better than we had hoped. So um, we have another product to add to our product line and that's scheduled to arrive on Monday. My question is as follows, how the heck do you keep track of sales with more than one product? I'm surprised that Amazon doesn't give a sales report for which products sold and for how much. Can you break down the best way to record income from products? Do you do an export from Amazon into an Excel sheet? Is there a software that tracks this yet? Uh, my wife and I are just getting started, so hopefully there's an inexpensive option. Your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Thanks for everything you do, and press on, my friend. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for the question, and thanks for the kind words. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I'm loving uh, the whole uh, press-on thing, right? I'm hearing more and more of that. People are, are re referring back to my garlic press and then uh, saying, like, press on, man, and I love it because it is. We are, we're all about taking action and pressing on. When the times get a little tough, a little difficult, we press on and we, we move past them. So I get it. For those of you that are brand new and you're like, what the heck is he talking about? You'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. Just uh, keep listening to the podcast and go back to some episodes and you'll you'll hear it. I'm talking about uh, the garlic press and uh, we're talking about pressing on and taking action. But anyway, thank you so much for the question, Mark. And it's a great question. I don't think I've really answered this one personally. Uh, so first off, let's just talk about, you know, inside of the Amazon dashboard. Let's just be honest, okay? It really isn't that good, uh, meaning that I think they could do a lot better job of helping us figure out what has been sold for the day, but they don't. So uh, the only way that you're going to be able to see in real time, in a sense, how many units have sold per, uh, per ASIN is if they are in separate categories, then you'll be able to see a category breakdown, okay? So if you have one that's in home and kitchen and one that's in uh, let's see, uh, sports and outdoors, then, you know, each one, each product that's listed in there, you'll see a breakdown. But if you have five products in each, well, that's not going to really help you, is it? Uh, but, um, that is one way if you only have a couple products and maybe one product is, is in there, you can kind of get a better idea. But the only way that you're really going to be able to determine this is the following day. And generally for me, it's about 10 or 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, Eastern time is about when the report is published. And what you'll do is you'll go into your sales report. You'll go into your, your back end of seller central. You'll go to where it says business reports. And on the left hand side of that, you can go by date. You can go by ASIN. Uh, and then you can go by detail page sales and traffic by child item. That's the one you want to click on. And then you want to go to the desired date. In this case, we want to go to the day before. And it's only going to give us the day before because that's what we're selecting. And then from there, you can see each ASIN and as far as how many sessions they had, meaning how many people came to that page or how many times, yeah, how many people came to that page. The page views means that one person could have came back five different times, but your total page view is that. So there's 232 for mine right now on this one listing. And I had 175 sessions and my sessions percentage was 25.81%, which is pretty darn good. Um, and then my buy box is 100%. Units ordered was 28 for yesterday on this particular item. And my conversion rate was 16%. Man, that's pretty good from for yesterday. Uh, and I'm actually looking at this live as I'm talking you through it. So, um, and I had, uh, let's see, yeah, 28 units sold. So it gives me that whole breakdown. So 
you would do that and you would look at all of your different ones. Now, with that being said, you can now, again, go and look at your monthly. So let's say, like you said, you want to figure out how much you sold per unit you know, per month because you need to figure that out for inventory and you need to find out how much you spent on, you know, those products and how much your profit is. Um, so what you would do in at the simplest level, and this is what I still do, is then I'll just calculate how many sold per unit. I know what my, my cost is because I have that in a spreadsheet. And then from there, I just calculate that out. Um, and, and that's the way that I do it. And then you just tally it up and you go, okay, well, I spent, you know, on all five of my products, I spent, $1,500 uh, or, you know, I basically sold enough product to where it was $1,500 is what it was. Like, let's just, well, let me, let me use a, a, a better example. Let's say, for example, you sold a hundred items and you said they're five bucks a piece. That'd be 500 bucks, right? So then you would just say, okay, well, I spent $500 on product. I spent another $500 on pay-per-click. So I got a thousand dollars into this. I've got, uh, maybe some software that you bought, maybe Jungle Scout. Maybe you've got, uh, another, you know, third party tool, sales back or whatever. And you tally up all of your expenses and then you say, okay, but I brought in $3,000. Well, now I deduct that. And that's where, that's where you get that, that price. Um, but that's the, simplest way, but yet it's a, you know, you get a little bit of work you got to do. It's not much work, but there are other third party tools out there and I have not used these guys yet. I don't feel I need it as of right now, but there's one called Stitch Labs and I'll leave a link in, uh, in the show notes. Now I'm not currently an affiliate for that. I probably should look into it because I should probably even start playing with it because I've had other people with larger portfolios of products need it and want it. And uh, I probably should do a little bit more digging in on that. So if anybody does have any, um, any, uh, I guess, uh, insight or any feedback on Stitch Labs, let me know. I'd love to hear your uh, your take on it, and you know if it's been useful for you. And uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit more on Stitch Labs um, or any other uh, inventory management software. All right. So that's pretty much the simple answer. I know it wasn't that simple, but you kind of get what I'm saying, right? And I haven't really talked about this much. So I thought I should really probably uh, talk about it because a lot of people, and I did this in the beginning too. I started getting other products in there and I'm like, man, everything's lumped into one number for the day. How do I know how many I sold of each? Well, you can go and look at your inventory. What'd you start with for the day? What did you end with? But then that kind of gets skewed because then uh, sometimes, you know, orders haven't been, you know, they haven't been updated yet. And I never went down that route because it just didn't seem reliable enough. This here is the most reliable if you go back the following day or to the following day in your reports, you look at all the ASINs and then you see how many sold. You just have to wait a day for it, which kind of sucks, but eh, that's the way it works. Um, okay. So anyway, thank you, Mark, for the question. Good luck to you. Congratulations on taking action and getting out there and doing it. So press on my brother. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name's Mike, um, and I have a question for you about launch timing. Uh, I'm already a private labeler on FBA for one product, and I'm in the process of expanding to a second. I've sourced it. I like my samples, and I'm ready to make my first purchase. However, my product is seasonal, and the students buy this product at the beginning of each semester. So I really think I want to peak in the rankings come September. But my question is, when should I do my big promotional push to push myself to the top of the rankings? Should I do it in August, July, even earlier than that? Doesn't it matter? I'm just not quite sure how to make sure that I'm there in September and not in July or June when nobody's buying this product. 
Um, so any information you can give me on that would be really helpful. And thank you for everything you do. I really love the podcast. I just, I can't get enough of it. Really appreciate what you do for all of us. Thanks a lot. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for the question. And uh, congratulations on already having a private label item out there and launching another one. Congrats to you. Uh, so, yeah, this is a great question. Now, seasonal items, they can be very, very lucrative and very, very... Um, very good. <laughs> uh, but you do, you know, you lose the, uh, you know, the, the sales throughout the year. So you have to almost plan these and, uh, you know, it's great, but you know, there's not a lot of stability there, but if you can have multiple different seasonal items that are kind of throughout the year, then that would balance out the year. But there is a huge opportunity here for seasonal items. Just, I'm not going down that path, but in your case, you said you're going into the, like the school, um, you know, the school uh, niche, which I think is a great niche. Uh, so, you know, definitely you're going to want to plan for your item to be firing on all cylinders when that time is, is, is ready, right? So you want to pre-plan for that. Now, in the meantime, does that mean you do nothing? No, I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, if there's, if there's still sales happening, just not this, not, not the volume that you'll see in peak season, then I would still start to build out some reviews. I'd start to make sure that my listing was optimized. I might even run some pay-per-click, uh, you know, do all of that type of stuff to really just kind of get it where it's not a brand spanking new listing, right? And where you can start getting some reviews for that social proof. So when you do go live, you're going to already have that stuff in place. So that would be my recommendation. But then, yes, I would time it. So if you're saying like, let's just say September 1st, you want to be like ready to rock and roll, then I'd be starting in August, beginning of August. And I would do that promotion through the first week. Then I would turn on pay-per-click because people are starting at that point to look for school supplies and all of that stuff. So I would definitely plan probably tail end of uh, July into early August. And then from there, I'd start ramping it up and then hit it really, really hard in September. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Good luck and uh, keep me posted on that. I'd love to uh, to follow up with you and see how that all worked. But um, anyone else listening that is launching seasonal items or you know, even that you might have a little bit more of a peak season, yeah, you definitely want to build up for that. And you can do that um, by just kind of like pre-planning this and, uh, and then looking forward to when that's going going to be happening, but then also preparing and prepping so this way here you're ready to rock and roll when the traffic is there. So let's go ahead and listen to another question and I will give you my answer. Hey Scott, this is Andrew. Uh, first of all, I want to say that your podcast has been immensely helpful. It's been an amazing resource uh, for getting started on Amazon FBA um, and I really appreciate it. So keep up the good work. Um, so I have a question for you. Uh, I recently sent in, uh, two boxes of 60 units each to one warehouse in particular, um, which was of my first product. Um, so I'm kind of like keeping an eye on my shipments and making sure everything's on the up and up. Um, so yesterday I was checking it and I saw that all of a sudden, my one box, so I have two boxes of 60 units going to this warehouse. Well, one of the boxes, uh, all of a sudden had just a completely different SKU. And I don't understand what happened because I submitted the shipment, um, all of the same product in all the same SKU. Um, but now I have an error message saying that I have 60, uh, units 
of a product that was unexpected. So now I have this error message and I don't know really how to handle it. Um, I was kind of wondering if you've had any other experience with Amazon kind of um, having issues with uh, receiving products like this because I have uh, screenshots on my computer of the shipment that I made with the same SKU um, for everything. And now all of a sudden, my one box of 60 products has been assigned this different SKU. Um, and let me clarify, uh, it's, it's been assigned a new MSKU. The FNSKU is all the same, but for some reason, uh, another MSKU was generated. And so now I have 60 products of unexpected, um, uh, inventory in Amazon and I'm getting this error message and I'm being told I need to correct it. So I'm kind of wondering if you have any experience with this and, uh, kind of curious as to how I should proceed. Um, thanks for all your time. And again, keep up the good work. I appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, Andrew, what's up? Thank you so much for the question. I appreciate it, and thanks for being a listener. I uh, I truly do appreciate it, and thanks for the kind words. Uh, you know, this is a tricky question, okay? Because it's more of a technical question, and I don't think there's, you know, I don't think this is a is a is a normal situation that's happening all that much, but it is happening, and I, it did happen to me at one point too. Not exactly, um, exactly what you were, um, you know, describing. But similar to where my inventory got sent in and then it got matched up to, to the wrong number. But then from there, they had to, um, you know, it, it kind of went to where it was an error, but then it wasn't even accessible to me. Uh, so it was, a, it was a little crazy there for a couple days. But, you know, the short answer to this whole thing is contact seller central, talk to a rep. Don't just go through their chat and don't just, you know, contact them through email. I mean, I would do that too, but I would get someone on the phone. And I would start to, uh, you know, go down the road of how to correct this. It is correctable, but they will have to almost manually do it. And it may take a little bit of time to do it. But I do believe that they will walk you through what you need to do or what they will have to do in order to make this right. Now, it sounds like it's a mistake on their part which is good on, on, on your part, but even if it wasn't, you still could correct it by having them relabel it and that type of stuff. But you want to let them be aware of it so they can pull the inventory and almost like lock it down so it doesn't start getting sent out um, on your behalf and it being the wrong product or, or you know something crazy like that. So my advice here, and I know it's not that much of uh, advice other than calling them, right? Getting on the phone with Seller Central and anyone listening, whenever you have a problem that seems as though it's something inside of Amazon uh, as far as their back end or maybe something that you did wrong, maybe maybe there is something that you forgot to do, right? Contact them and ask them what you need to do. For the most part, they're going to take care of it. And I mean, everyone that I've worked with so far in Seller Central and a lot of people that I know that have worked with them, they are very, very uh, good to their sellers and they will usually fix the problem. I've even heard of some people saying that they lost their inventory, couldn't find it, and then they ended up just basically sending them the money for that product of what they would have sold it for. Uh, so that does happen again. I mean, they've got a lot of moving parts there as well. So my, my advice to you, Andrew is to really contact seller central and, uh, and, or seller support and really just, you know, make sure that you can talk to someone there 
and uh, you want to probably ask for someone in their catalog team. And uh, from there, you can start to uh, figure out what you need to do to get this corrected. I know it's frustrating and I know it's, uh, you know, it's a little annoying, but uh, hey, again, that's the little hiccups we got to uh, deal with for this business. Uh, so hopefully this has been helpful and uh, hopefully you get that that worked out and uh, keep me posted. Let, let me know how that worked out and what actually you did in order to get it fixed. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to one more question and then I will answer that and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Hey, Scott, I uh, was wondering, I want to ask you a question. I've been involved in retail arbitrage. I'm looking to dip my toes into the market uh, with the private label. Uh, the product that I'm looking at doing is in a hobby and or a sport. Um, the top product that's on Amazon currently has a BSR rank of about, <clears throat> excuse me, about 1,500. Um not a whole lot of competition, not a whole lot of uh, other things on there. As far as other products, there's only maybe two or three, uh, not a lot of reviews, things like that. I'm wondering if the market is too soft on Amazon. I know locally and in the real world and in, re- and in retail, uh, the, the, the product is strong and the community uh, is actually growing. Uh, but anyway, uh, just maybe a weird question. Just wanted to ask and see what you thought. Uh, appreciate it. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for the question. I believe the name is Dennis. Uh, I'm going to guess here. I think that's what I remember. Uh, you didn't say it in your um, in your voicemail, but I think I remember seeing that in the email that comes through uh, using um, the uh, SpeakPipe uh, widget. So if it isn't, I apologize. If it is, Dennis, thank you so much for the question. Uh, okay, this is a good, good question, and I've got a couple of different thoughts here. Number one is, you know, you may be on to something that's about to take off, and we haven't really talked too much about this, but if, if you know, if we want to also be first to market with something that we see is going to be an upcoming trend, that's that's a good thing. Uh, that that is a good thing because then you can kind of be there before it really gets known, and then you can you know put your stake in the ground. And it sounds like that might be the case because you're telling me that you know the numbers aren't really that impressive, but there is a growing market and there's there's a you know growing presence in you know in the hobby space. Let's say so you're starting to project and you're starting to uh, you know look a little bit into the future and see that this is something that is going to probably catch on. So my thoughts are, first off, I'd want to do a little bit more digging to see if there was any any other history, even if it's not an Amazon, of this product. Or maybe the product's just too new to do that, okay? So I can't really say without seeing the product and without seeing like what you're looking at as far as numbers. I mean, you said it was a 1500, I think, BSR, which is pretty good, um, but there wasn't a lot of other uh, competitors in there yet. So is that good? Is that bad? It, it, who, who knows? You know, we don't really know right now. If there was 10 sellers in there selling the same product, is everyone going to be able to grab some of the market? Or is just the first and second seller going to grab all the market? That we don't know. Um, so this is a little risky, um, but it's something that you could potentially capitalize on if you are 
kind of guessing right. Um, and again, that's what we are really doing. We're, we're kind of guessing. We're trying to look into a crystal ball to see if this is something that could, uh, you know, could take off. Uh, you know, there's a lot of products in the hobby and in the, uh, especially in the toy space, that products come and go, right? But they're hot for a year or two. I mean, my son, he was collecting, what, Yu-Gi-Oh cards uh, and Pokemon cards and uh, and that type of stuff. Now my, you know, my daughter's into these... Uh, Oh gosh, what's the name of those uh, those little figures that you buy? They're like these little plastic. Uh, oh gosh, um, uh, I forgot what it is now. But we buy them, and uh, you know she's totally into them. Shopkins are one of those. Uh, yeah, there's like these little figures that you buy, and these little it's a lunch pail, like lunch bowl. I don't know what it. Is. I forget what it is, but it's it's something that's hot right now. Everybody's buying. Every time we go into Target, we look for them, and they're gone. They're clear off the shelf. Uh, so you, you got those. Um, there's those little rubber bands that you would make bracelets with. Uh, those things, uh, those were hot and then people were starting to sell just the rubber bands for them. So yeah, you can capitalize on a trend, but just understand that you're just capitalizing for a short term gain. Um, and then from there you'd have to go on to the next, but doesn't mean that you wouldn't want to maybe take advantage of that. And it sounds like you're in the retail ARB uh, kind of space, which is which is good in a sense because I think people that are doing retail ARB can kind of test multiple markets and multiple products without a lot of risk. And then they can kind of see what's starting to trend, what's starting to uh, really take, what kind of market or what kind of products this market is responding to and all that stuff before you actually private label your own product. So there's pros and cons to both. But from what I'm hearing from you is that uh, you've kind of got a hunch on something, you kind of want to go for it, but you just want a little bit more proof before you do. So you, I would say do a little bit more research if you can, and then maybe just test it and see what happens uh, with a with a small uh, a small a small batch. Um, so that's what I would recommend there. So uh, hopefully that's been helpful. Keep me posted on that though. Send me an email. Let me know uh, how that works out for you, or maybe if you switch gears, I'd love to to know more. But hopefully this has been helpful to you and everyone that submitted questions. I want to say thank you. I appreciate it. I love hearing your voice. I love being able to sit in the same room virtually and uh, have this conversation, which also brings up uh, another thing that I wanted to mention one more time. If you're at all interested in hanging out for a full day in person, I mean, in the same room where we would have a full day and I would bring another 25 to 30 entrepreneurs, Amazon business owners, and we had hot seat sessions and we just did this for a full eight hours if that interests you and you would want to be a part of that, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you'll get all the details and you'll also get put on a list if we haven't already opened up registration for that, but you would get on that list to have a chance to join us there for this one day event. I'm really, really excited about it and I wanted to make this a reality in 2016 and that's why I'm officially announcing it now and I would love it if you could attend. Again, it's gonna be very, very small so if you are at all interested, definitely head over and get signed up for that so you can make sure that you can secure a spot. All right, so that's it guys. That's gonna wrap up this episode of Ask Scott, I really, really want to say thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen. And remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you in the next episode.